And we are ready to go on another Saturday morning at uh, five minutes after 11 o'clock. And uh, we'll talk about a lot of stuff today. Uh, Dr. Payne Show is here. And, uh, you know, Dr. Lou, I mean, uh, you can't cure broken hearts, but, yeah, the news coming down earlier today that uh, our pal Kawhi Leonard is gone, Danny Green is gone. So, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. It is it's it is what it is. But sports injuries are a lot to, of what you deal with. I know at the clinic, I know we'll talk about some of that stuff today. But as far as a uh, week that was, brother, what uh, what do you got going on? Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely sports injuries are, are a big component of what we deal with. Um, um we really do try to keep athletes as healthy as possible. Yep. Um, and actually, funny, you start with that, and that wasn't even rehearsed. But um, there, there is a... Uh, and I, and I want to bring up this point about athletes because uh, a lot of the conversations I've been having with people and it is about the act of rest, something you know that, that is very, very important. And athletes yep. understand that very well, uh, what active rest means, which means essentially still being active but sub-threshold of what would create pain or discomfort in whatever injury it may be um, is a very important thing. And, and again, this is something that athletes understand very, very well. It's ingrained into who they are. In fact, a lot of the times they don't even want to actively rest. They just want to be active. But they right. definitely, at the very least, will be actively resting. Um, that active rest is also a very important component uh, for the average person who has an injury. And I, I saw a gentleman this week who... Uh, um, used to be a hockey player, long-standing uh, knee issues. The knee's getting worse. It's arthritic. Not old enough to be, it, not bad enough, and not old enough to be considering a knee replacement. So really, it's going down that line, and really that conversation becomes about what's your management about that. Right. Um, he had actually just had some cortisone injections, had some fluid drained, and was sort of like, you know, I, I think I don't, I think I'm not going to do anything for the next few weeks. Um, and I said, well, I don't think that's a good idea because I said, what do you mean by do? He said, I, I just will not do anything. And he's otherwise a, an active person. I said, well, I, I actually disagree with that. What, what we need to do in this scenario is where you're actively resting. So you're not going to do stuff that's going to bother that or, or um, somehow affect the potential um, healing or uh, management that we're trying to achieve but you are going to be active in some sense and 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 all we gave him for activity was 15 to 20 minutes of stationary cycle per day uh, right. on that knee with a little bit of some other exercises just flexion based um, some light extensions hamstring stuff but very very important and, and it's actually beneficial to be doing that stuff because these joints are synovial joints, which means that synovium is the fluid that lubricates the joints. It provides nourishment. It takes away waste. Um, and that synovial fluid only gets pumped into these joints through movement. So if you're sitting there not doing anything, all you're doing is letting bad stuff build up. Good stuff is not getting there. And the bad stuff that's building up is not being taken out. And so a lot of the conversation that I had with him after he had the, the draining and the cortisone was now you have to be actively resting. And, and initially he was sort of like, well, isn't that just going to make me worse? Like my knee feels sore today after that injection. And, um, you know, it feels better from, from the inflammatory standpoint, but I could feel pinpoint tenderness and things like that. It was like, right. no, that if you sit there and you do nothing, that's how inflammation starts to come back quicker. That's how uh, then all of a sudden in two, three weeks, once you decide to go from zero to a lot, that's how re-injuries happen. So that active component of rest during an injury is is an extremely important component that is, again, very well understood in the in the sports world, not so well understood in the, in, you know, what I call the urban athlete, the everyday person. Um, but it's a very, very important thing to uh, 
to do is to actively rest. And a lot of the management that we deal with, we're incorporating that active rest and we're actually giving specific recommendations on what that active rest should be. And, and, it, and it, again, greatly, greatly improves the, the prognosis of things. Yeah, I think the, the old school the way of looking at it was exactly that. You know, you've got an injury. Oh, got to wait till it's better. Just put your feet up and, and watch TV for for two weeks and, and catch up on, on a series. But that's that's not the way it is now. Right? No, no. And and you should again. It's all about subclinical things. Like you know, I've had people who are avid runners. They're running ten, fifteen kilometers a day and they undergo something, we're not saying don't run at all, or maybe you're stopping running for a period of time, but maybe we're replacing that with cycling. When we're dealing with the lower body, with knees, ankles, and hips, and injuries in that regard, a lot of the times we will replace the running and and uh, or the walking that someone does uh, with with the stationary cycle just to offload any pressure. I mean, just a quick thing for most people to understand, every pound of weight that you have when you walk or run or or any impact, you're putting about seven times that weight through your hips and your knees and your ankles. So it's significant, which is why being overweight is also not a good thing for these types of problems. Uh, but definitely, it's a lot of pressure that goes through there versus when you're cycling, you're not putting any of that pressure through there, right? So if you took even... Oh, that's it. Jody's Jody's cutting us Jody's off. giving you the signs. <laughs> we're did, gonna, uh, did we're not realize. That's right. We're going to pick it up there when we uh, when we come back from a short break. By the way, phone lines are open. If you have uh, concerns about your health or you're in pain, you just want to ask a question, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Just getting warmed up here for this morning. Dr. Pain Show, Global News Radio. Yeah, correct. Lines are open until uh, till 12 for us, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. You have questions about pain or your health, bring them on. We are here to, or at least Dr. Uh, Dr. Lou's here to answer them for the remainder of the hour. After you, that, you can you answer them too, buddy. Oh, yeah, that, that'd be great advice. That'd be excellent advice. Yeah, live on my advice. Uh, info at Pain Care Canada, by the way, for email. So what else uh, What else you want to, to cover? Uh, so yeah, I, I, had a, I want to bring this one up because there was a very nice compliment at the end of it for me, which I wanted to share with everyone. But it, it, it meant a lot, and I guess it's a reflection of, uh, of the advice and the care that I'm providing for people. Um, I had another person who, again, came to see me. It was a knee issue as well. Um, an older gentleman, uh, very arthritic knees, uh, used to actually be a very avid golfer. Um, and, uh, you know, we went through everything. Uh, and at the end, I, I asked him, you know, what, what his goal was, like, what, what is, and I, and I typically will ask that question is like, what are you looking for? Like, what, what are you hoping to get out of all of this? And, and he had a very, very realistic goal, um, which is simply to golf one more round of golf in his life. And, uh-huh. and, and, and definitely he can achieve much more than that, which was the good news. So I was happy that he had, um, you know, goals that were realistic. Um, and so one of the things that this gentleman, very arthritic knees, has been told by his uh, uh, his current uh, healthcare team around his knee that he should be walking, pushing through the pain, keep walking, keep walking. And again, we, we kind of started this and, and we ended off the last segment about the seven pounds of pressure, uh, seven, seven, seven pounds of pressure for every pound of weight that you have. Right. And he's, he's also gained weight in the last little bit because he can't walk. He keeps trying to push through and he can't. And so he's gaining weight because he's eating unhealthy and all these things. So right. every time he's forcing, he's actually putting even more pressure on his knees. And uh, it was the wrong advice. And so I walked him through why that was the wrong advice. He had never really been descri- you know, described exactly what he had. He, he had been told that he had arthritis in his knees and he didn't know what that meant. Um, and like I do with everybody, I went, I, uh, th- you know, I'd say, I'd say a lot, the majority of my time is spent, 
um, at the end. It's it's really when when you look at the interaction with me, the the history and the physical exam don't take nearly as long as the amount of explaining and talking that I like to do to someone uh, right. and 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 dialogue with that person in terms of making them understand. And so we spent a good amount of time speaking and letting him know. Um, you know, everything that exactly what it was, what he had to do and how he could get back to a goal of playing one round of golf uh, in his life, which I said, you can probably get to one round of golf a month, which is which he was very, very happy about. Um, but he sort of and a lot of people will always make this comment to me in, in one form or another where it's like, why has no one ever told me this or why do I go to my uh, healthcare, you know, specialists, and they don't tell me this. And you know, it's 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 a little bit of an awkward position for me because number one, I can't comment on what someone else does or does not do. I'm not there, yep. so I don't know. Um, and, and and number two, you know, I don't want to badmouth anyone in the profession in in any of the healthcare professions either. So I, I it, it's sometimes awkward, but it, it was surprising that I, in my opinion, was being he was being given the wrong um, uh, advice, and he was saying, you know, the the weird thing. A lot of people, when they come see me, they hear me on the radio, they, they assume I'm going to be older than I am when they, they get in. Um, and so the first thing he said was, wow, you're so much younger than I than I anticipated. Um, and so he started telling me by the end when he was saying, you know, all these people, I've seen all these older specialists and everybody's has never sat down giving me any of this this information. Why? Why, why is nobody doing that? And I simply right. said, I, I can't answer that. Like... I don't know why. I'm not sure. There's a million reasons I can speculate. But the point is, is I've now told you, here's what you should go through. And he gave me one of the nicest compliments I've ever had. He's like, you know, you'll find as you get older, you always start to think that the next generation is doomed. Like that that old thinking yeah. of like, oh, yeah, the next generation, that's it. They're, they're done. There's nothing there. And I, and he said to me at the end, he said, you know, you're you're my belief that the next generation is probably better than my generation. And I and I took that very it was it was a great compliment. He listens every week um, based on what he said. So if you're listening, I, I don't want to mention names, but thank you very much for that. It meant a lot. Um, and, and it's just, you know, I, again, I think a reflection of of the testament of care that I'm trying to provide to everybody. And, and that's not unique. What I did with him um, is not unique. I, I spend that kind of time. I go through that in-depth analysis uh, with everyone because I really, really want to make sure that they understand. And that education and empowerment, again, is one of those things that's almost more important than the things that you can actually do. Because once you have some knowledge exactly about understanding what the pathology is or what the structural issues are, you can you can make a lot of the right choices just based on that on what you should or should not do um and and it's very important and i think for a lot of people you know it's 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 sort of like this kawaii thing a lot of people will say that the the waiting is harder than the knowing right and and i think yeah. with healthcare and with everything in our lives it's sort of similar sometimes it's harder to the uncertainty around things um, and, and so that's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to solve that uncertainty that people have about what's going on and what they can do. And, and, and that's what we go through. We'll, uh, we'll take a short break, guys, and uh, get right back to it. Still plenty of time for you to call in and ask your questions. Bring it on. This is the time you want to do it this hour, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Lots more Dr. Payne Show is on the way. Global News Radio. And uh, Dr. Payne Show continues here at 1123. Chance for you to call in is now with your uh, health questions, pain questions. Bring them on, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Would love to talk to you. You know, it's funny. You are talking about your... Your last patient there just wanted to get to a round of golf, uh, you know, one more. You said possibly once a month if you if you if you feel good, and we'll get you there. It's 
there's a mental component to that too as well, which has seemed to brighten up his light a little bit, right? And that plays a, a, a big part in making him feel better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And again, it's it's you know his he he had very very modest goals, and and so I I you know like I think people should maybe aim a little bit higher too. But there's some people that and 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 there's the opposite that I see too, where you know I saw another person this week, chronic pain last, uh, chronic low back and neck pain. A uh, number of years, uh, I think it's been, what was it, five or six years, very bad, like functionally perfect, you know, everything on the physical exam, if she if she didn't say that she had pain, you would never even know. Um, but again, the goal was to be completely pain-free. And, and and so that type of goal is very different, right? So where it's it's like, well, that that's sort of unrealistic. Can you mitigate a lot of this pain and generally uh, be, you know, sort of pain-free and sometimes can it rear its head but you know again different types of people will 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 experience and think of things a different way but it's very important that people that have these things understand that a lot of this stuff as i always say becomes a management issue it's not um, a simple quick fix and and a lot of people and and sometimes it's not surprising the people that eventually get to that state because they 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 let so much time pass by because they just want that one quick fix and that's all they're ever looking for they're just going from one thing to the next hoping for the next quick fix and i and i see a lot of those people just by the very nature of what i do and being on the radio um yeah. these people find their way to me and and will say you know i'm here because uh, i I've, I've had this i've tried everything and nothing's worked but i want you to be the guy that that cures me and it's like that that's not what this is i'm not selling cures there's no magic tool that i have there's nothing that that we have that isn't available everywhere else the difference is the way we put it all together for people and and if you're willing to really put in the work and do the right things um then then you're definitely gonna you're gonna benefit i mean i was um in this process of re- of rebranding everything right. uh, with pinpoint health um when you look when you'll see the new logo as it pops up which should be done anytime now um Underneath it are the words rehab therapy and wellness, um, and those aren't just by chance. There, there's a there's a reason to that. And 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 uh, I was speaking with someone, and they said, "Well, why?" And I said, "Well, the the way it all starts is the process of rehabilitation, which is the process of restoring someone's optimal function or trying to get them to optimal functioning. Um, that that's sort of a thought process. That's what rehabilitation is. And really, you can apply that term to anything where you're dealing with healthcare. If someone was diagnosed with cancer, they need to be rehabilitated from that cancer, or if they had a heart attack or whatever, right? Like the rehab term is very much only used in the musculoskeletal world, or maybe." In yeah. the mental health world, but can definitely apply to anything. But the the process of rehabilitation is to restore or or find optimum optimal functioning for whatever it is. In this case, we're talking about musculoskeletal health. Therapy are the interventions by which you can do that, right? Like the chiropractic, the physiotherapy, the massage therapy, and and not just the profession in terms of like the tools that they can do to you, but their thought process and working with the person, giving them exercises, things to do, etc. Um, and then finally, wellness is the idea that once all of those things are are um, have, uh, are working together, you try and you find true wellness, right? Wellness is right. not like the World Health Organization does not define health as just merely the absence of disease, right? Like a lot of people oh, are you healthy, and it's like, well, I, I've never been diagnosed with anything major. Uh, well, that doesn't necessarily mean you're healthy, right? That that just means you have an absence of disease. But health is much more than just simply the absence of disease. Um, 
and and that's what we're trying to do very different is is that process uh but you know are, are the tools that we're using in any given way available in other places yeah well, again we don't have a magic tool or a magic pillar or a magic injection or a magic procedure um that that isn't there like i think what i really want to do and i think what a lot of people appreciate is is just go about this the right way it's it's sort of like when you're looking for that easy, quick fix, these are often the people that don't achieve what they're looking for. Right. Because anybody that's ever achieved anything knows that it's not quick and easy. It takes a lot of dedication. I mean, we can use the analogy of someone getting in shape. Like people are, are constantly looking for, like, oh, is there just something quick that I can do? No, there's no, no, there's no such quick thing. If you put in good hard work in all perspectives of that, if 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 it's your nutrition, um, your exercise, the way you think, the way you live then yeah, you'll achieve it. But if you're just simply looking for a quick fix, it does not exist. And and I think that's a, a that's a, a, a mental thing on society that needs to change. We need to stop thinking that there's a quick fix for everything. Really, the, the quick fix is hard work. That's that's the quick fix. And I think once you go through those steps and you educate them, the results are it's much sweeter that way anyway because they've earned yes. it and it's more appreciated, yeah, right? For sure. Still have some time here. It's uh, only 11.28, so we'll get to uh, lots more of your calls. Bring them on. We have open lines, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Dr. Pain Show, Global News Radio. It is 11.31. Lines are open for you for your questions about pain, your health in general, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell and uh, yeah the whole rebranding coming soon to pinpoint health in the meantime info at paincarecanada.com and one 855 dr lou d-r-l-o-u brother yes sir um i thought you wanted to say something john no no i'm, no. Waiting, for, I'm, okay, waiting, for, yeah. I'm waiting for more wisdom <laughs> um let's talk a little bit about uh spine related complaints um you know i we talk about it a lot but again i want to hammer this home um so that people really understand uh I see very many people, obviously, with spine-related complaints, and the vast majority, 95% of cases, are what we call mechanical uh, right. spine-related pain. Um, and and that just simply means it's... It, when you look at the research and when you look at clinicians trying to identify whether it's a muscle or a joint within that 95%, it's actually very hard for a clinician, even with imaging and everything, to differentiate what the mechanical structure is there it's actually quite that's sort of the hard part it's very it's we're actually very good at identifying if it's mechanical or not mechanical uh but it's hard, very much harder to identify the exact mechanical cause which is why we group that 95 percent as mechanical low back pain um okay. there's a specific reason for that we're not we don't do that just by chance um the good thing about that is it's all treated the same way, uh, which is the good part. And then 5% of cases are the serious things, the things that we can identify something very, very specific, uh, potentially, uh, you know, every everything from, say, severe disc herniations all the way to spinal tumors. These things are rare. But the vast majority of spine-related pain that someone is experiencing is mechanical in nature, which is a great step because most people that have this stuff are worried about something very sinister. And and again, the, the, the odds are with you that it's likely not that. That doesn't mean don't get checked out because you should be checked out because a professional needs to deem that. But, you know, rest assured based on the stats that the vast majority are not things that are, are very, very bad. Um, the biggest thing around this, and I hear this, I saw a person this week, just as another example, uh, chronic low back pain for a very long time, um, 
And I basically said, you know, have you done any therapy? Oh, yeah, I, I, all kinds of therapy. I've done this. I've done that. Done I've all. done this. I've Every single thing you can imagine. And I said, but what was being done in those therapies? And it was always something where they were not doing anything and the professional was doing something to them, whether it was a machine that they were using, manual therapy. A, a lot of people that I hear, and, and the, the, this next component that I'm about to say is not a slander against massage therapy, but everyone that I talk to that has chronic low back pain says, oh, I go for massages all the time. And and, and that's sort of their therapy for their low back pain. Yeah. In the acute scenarios of low back pain therapies are, where someone is doing something to you, it's very, very good. When you're talking about chronic low back pain, that is not the answer. Can it be part of your management? Sure, it can be part of your management. Muscles get tight, that, that stuff can happen. But if you are not rehabilitating the core musculature, the intrinsic muscles that support the spine, then you're never going to get anywhere better. You're only going to get worse and worse. And it's incredible how many people I meet that have gone to dozens of different professionals, and it's always a recommendation of some therapy that someone can do to them. And very rarely is it a recommendation of here's what you need to be doing on your own. And Again, you do get people who are just lazy and don't want to do it. I've, I've seen those people too. But more often than not, unfortunately, I, I, I meet people, and, and this is based on my clinical uh, experience and what I've been seeing, uh, is most oftentimes it's people saying, I've never been, I've never been told to do any of that stuff. I've, I've always been told I should try this machine, that machine, have this different type of manual therapy or do this or do that. But very, very rarely are people told that they should be exercising. And in the moment and in the instances that they are told that they should be rehabilitating, sorry, not exercising, it's usually a sheet of paper and here's what I need you to do at home. That is the absolute wrong approach to rehabilitation. Rehabilitation needs to be individual. It needs to be graded. People need to be coached on exactly what they're doing because oh, yeah. most often people aren't doing it right. That's the other thing. You can look at a sheet of paper and think, yeah, okay, that seems simple enough. I, I could probably do that. But it's 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 about activating certain musculature, which is done with different breathing patterns, uh, with different ways that you can shift the mechanics in your body. And that those things, that sheet of paper doesn't progress. It doesn't get any harder. It's the same sheet of paper. Right. So if you're not being given proper graded exercise rehabilitation for your chronic low back pain, you are getting the wrong thing. And that's just one component. I mean, we've talked about chronic pain has a cognitive component, uh, medication might be part of it, et cetera, et cetera. But what I see is most often lacking is people not doing the rehabilitation, strengthening the core. And, and really, I would say that's the most important component of it all is if you are not strengthening your core, those intrinsic muscles that stabilize the spine, you will never get anywhere better. You will get worse and worse and worse and worse. And, and I see it every single day. Uh, because again, it's not something that is recommended. When it is recommended, people don't follow through with it. But if you truly want to make a difference towards the way you're feeling, number one, you'll go to a place that recommends that, which is why I'm building what I'm building. And number two, you'll actually do it. And if you don't do it, don't be surprised if things don't change. It's, it's just, unfortunately, the reality, the monster of chronic low back pain.
Hey, you know, it's, it, it's not only frustrating for the person suffering, it's also frustrating for the friends and people around that person because, I mean, I personally know someone very close who I won't mention that to be indiscreet, my mother-in-law, um, <laughs> who goes to, you know, physio, whatever, once every week and comes home and still complains. I'm like, well, what are you doing on the outside? Yeah. You know, the other 23 hours a day, six days a week, what are you doing for your, your, your back problem or your hip? Nothing. No. So how do you expect this to cure you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, and it's not designed to do that. Can Is it part of maybe the management? As I've said, like these these therapies should be used. You know, when you're I'm not suggesting that my team doesn't do any passive therapy in the active phase. But the, the example is this. Let's say we're working with someone and we're having them do core strengthening. Uh, and because they're doing so much, maybe they go into a little bit of a spasm. Well, then we can use the passive therapies to release that spasm might take one or two days. But then you're right back in it. It's not it's not like you don't ever include it but if you're not including an active component to your caring you're absolutely right active does it i've even met people that say oh yeah like i i do it when i go to the clinic like we we work on exercises and it's like well how often are you going to the clinic oh twice a week well again just like you just said john well what about the other days you should probably be doing this two or three times a day there should be different things that you're doing um some things you should be doing all the time like how to sit properly how to stabilize when you're standing these are things that that need to be taught and need to, and you need to be engaging that all the time. That's how you make the difference. Let's take a short break. Sure. Ma'am, hang on the line. We will get to your phone call. Don't go anywhere. Yours as well. Still some time. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Bring it on. We'd love to talk to you. The Dr. Payne Show right here, Global News Radio. 1142, plenty of time for you still to call in. Yeah, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. But we'll move over to uh, Ma'am. Good morning, Ma'am. How are you? Good, thanks, guys. Um, good. Uh, th- thanks for taking my call. Uh, sure. Uh, really appreciate uh, what you guys doing. Thank you. Uh, question. So I'm, I mean, just going through the same thing you guys were describing, like the, the back pain. It's not a huge chronic back pain, I would say, but it's a back pain that's been lingering for almost seven years now. Well, then that's chronic low back pain, right? Chronic yeah. means more than six months, and you have back pain, so it's chronic back pain. Well, yeah, but it's not, it's not a, I mean, I, I can bear that, right? It's just what happens is that I play a lot of sports. I play squash, I play cricket as well. So what happens is that uh, when I kind of fix it with the core exercises and then I start to rejoin it and it kind of flares it up again. So then I have to, so in, in certain conditions, it will I will tilt on one side and, and then I would have to go through that recovery again. And then once I feel that I'm good, I start again and then it kind of flares up again. So it's been going on for years now. I couldn't find any particular, or I would say, a solution that would would eventually fix it uh, to to extend that I can continue on that um, uh, sports activities. But it's been coming on and off, on and off, on and off for years now. Okay, so so what's the question? Well, the question is like, what is the solution to this? Like, I mean, is it something? Um, does that involve any sort of? Um, I mean physical activity obviously that does involve like a lot of manipulations and and those things but from your experience um what what, what should i do like i mean to, to get did, did you order. did you just listen to our last segment uh yes yes i did yes yeah. so so it's 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 again the so let me ask you you said a couple things where you re, who how do you rehabilitate your core who who's guided you through that so basically i i do 10 physiotherapy sessions yeah. So those sessions look like initially they will set me up for a tens and uh, yeah. ultrasound machine uh, that will help me a little bit, and then uh, starting with the smaller uh, motions in my back, and then eventually building on 
to the core exercises. Okay. Uh, but but that's how the process has been. I've been changing to the therapist a while for now. Okay. Uh, but it's not. I mean, it's for everyone. It's kind of the same routine: ultrasound, tense, uh, and then core exercises. Well, that, that should not be the case. But so. So, yeah, I, I, I think, again, this idea of 10 sessions versus five sessions, this it, rehabilitation is an ongoing process. And you said a couple things there where when it's bothering you, you rehabilitate it, then you go back. That, that's the wrong approach. If, if someone told you you had diabetes and you had to take um, some type of medication like a metformin, that wouldn't be you take it for 10 times or for three weeks or for five weeks and then you stop until, you know, your yeah. diabetes over aggravates again. No, you have chronic low back pain. It's You're saying it's not debilitating. The, unfor- the, the unfortunate reality that I'm going to tell you is that as time goes on, it will get worse. The key is that is the continual graded rehabilitation. These are things that you need to be doing all the time. Once you stop doing those things, it will come back. If you do the wrong things in terms of the wrong activity that sets it off, it will come back. Rehabilitation is not just simply exercise. It's a pattern of thinking. It's also about doing things the right way um, in terms of how you play a sport, how you bend, how you pick things up, how you sit, um, how you do everything, how you sleep, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so that is the that is the long-term solution with low back pain is you need to be doing all of those things all of the time. If you don't, then your your story is not, is not unique. It, it is what we hear all the time from people who have chronic low back pain and think that it's something that can be treated just when it flares up. It, it should, that's not the approach. It should be a way of thinking is, is the best way to, to understand this. And that way of thinking includes the rehabilitation process where you stabilize your core, you do the right things, you avoid the wrong things, and you do that all the time. So you're saying it's a change of a lifestyle? Yes. Like, yes. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I guess that's a, yeah. I've, I've, it, yeah. I've never really said it that way, but, you know, the more I think about it, yeah, it is. It's a change in the way that you think about your low back pain. Again, if you were diagnosed with diabetes, if you want the best outcome, you'll take the medications, you'll start to exercise, you'll avoid certain foods, and you manage it well. No different. And then if you didn't do those things, well, your blood sugar would become quickly out of control, and you'd have the sequelae of problems that go along with high blood sugar. No different with, with low back pain. Is, it, is that something I can discuss with you? Like, in, in- Of course. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. for sure. Come give me a call and, and we'll go from there. We'll set up an appointment. Okay. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. And I'm going to uh, let you uh, let you go here. one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U. Again, one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U. Info at paincarecanada.com to reach out. Uh, David, good morning. How are you? I'm well and yourself. Good, sir. What's uh, What's your concern? Okay, uh, 57 years of age, fairly uh, decent shape, although my exercise regime is not the best. Um, I've started developing uh, pain in the outer uh, hip area on both sides. Uh, comes from walking just like one block or one flight of stairs. Now, Dr. Google says... <laughs> this this could be either a muscular issue or a tendon issue. How do I tell the difference between a muscular and a tendon issue and any likely causes of a sudden onset of hip pain? Yeah. So so again, going back. So when we when we go back to the way I was describing low back pain, when when I said things could be mechanical or non mechanical. Um, it's sort of similar. We're still dealing with a similar area. Whether it's a muscle or a tendon, it's mechanical. It, does it really matter which one it is? Not not so much. 
the the important question in your in your case is it mechanical or is it not mechanical right sudden new sudden onset of pain with you've done nothing different I'd want to rule out some things first. At the very least, have an X-ray just to make sure. Uh, if that looks clear, then then we can start to very much uh, assume that it's simply mechanical. Um, and then the mechanical, so mechanical causes of pain require mechanical interventions in the acute phase. This is where things like the tens machines and the passive therapies, the manipulations, the soft tissue therapies. That's the. This is the time when they're when they're best. When when it's new pain, when it's acute or subacute within the first six months. Uh, you tend to do very well with those types of things, but the, the first question in, in 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 what I'm hearing with you is should not the concern should not be whether it's a muscle or a tendon, um, and and you know it's hard enough for a trained professional to figure that out. It's almost impossible for you to figure it out on your own. Um, it, it's really about whether it's mechanical or not mechanical, which, you know, just based on the quick little synopsis, I would already go towards mechanical. But again, that's, you know, I'm not giving you a diagnosis. I'm just sort of thinking out loud. But that's my first question, mechanical versus non-mechanical. If it is mechanical, then there's a certain way to treat mechanical pain. And and in this in this instance, when it's acute or subacute, the, the passive therapies tend to work well. Okay, cool. Okay. Thank you very much. No problem. Thanks, David. Appreciate that. Uh, you want to reach out, suggest you do. Take it further. one 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U. And uh, for you, plenty of time still to call in. Still uh, go right till 12 o'clock here. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Start getting some answers right here. Dr. Pancho, Global News Radio. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. So got a, uh, your cell phone router. Got a few minutes to go here and uh, bring the phone calls in. We'd love to talk to you with your uh, remaining time we have today. You know, it's funny. Our last uh, phone caller, uh, Dr. Lou, is, is just, it's that whole thing where it's like a lot of people treat it like a course. You know what I mean? Yep. It's, it's You don't brush your teeth once and walk away. You kind of yep. do it a couple times a day and keep it up for the rest of your life. Yeah, and, and you know, the, that that the one thing about low back pain is it, it, mm-hmm. it starts in a way that is mild. It gets a little bit worse, a little bit worse. But right. it, it doesn't get severely, well, in most cases, sometimes it does. But the severely worsening doesn't necessarily happen overnight. So a lot of people, you know, there's pain tolerance, right? So if I took that gentleman, for example, if we said year one and he said it was a seven-year history, it's very hard for people to realize how much worse it is because they're gradually progressing with yes. the pain, right? But if we could somehow take that person and take their experience and say, okay, here's what you felt like on day one, and then let's take away all of the middle, and here's what you feel like today, most people would sit there and say, wow, I feel much worse. Like, this this is pretty bad. Um, it's it's you sort of learn to live with it, but w- why why should you do that if there's a way to, to stop that progression or slow it down? It, it's It's... It's 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 all about perspective, and it's and I've said this before. It's the it's the poten- the the potentials that you don't know that exist um, that where people don't realize. Well, what's it? You know, I see it because I see low back pain in all of its course, whether it's new, it's it's a few months old, when it's a few years old, when it's decades old, and I've seen and I have that perspective to know what can happen. Uh, whereas most people don't realize that they're just really living with whatever their experiences at that time. But the potential realm of 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 you know things that exist that could happen is so vast that you don't that most people don't know it and it's important that they they realize that those potentials exist which is a motivating factor to 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 change right it's it's no it's the same reason like the campaign for people much less people smoke cigarettes 
nowadays in 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 Canada and a lot of that campaign campaign is about letting people know well, what the potential risks of it are going sure. forward but we don't very often hear of what the potential risks of chronic low back pain are right like there's no big campaign out there that it's like oh did you know that chronic low back pain can lead to a b c d e right and so right. because we don't know that we think it's just what it is at that point but it can get worse and that's that should be the motivating factor to to do something now we'll get to uh rick here in the last couple minutes hey rick what's uh, what's going on with you hey how are you today Good. What's uh, what's your concern, pal? All right. Here's the concern. Um, I was diagnosed about two years ago uh, with possible carpal tunnel syndrome. Now, when I say possible, uh, when I went to uh, have the ultrasound done on my wrist, uh, the actual lab technician that did the ultrasound, and I guess she really shouldn't have given her opinion, but she did. When she did the ultrasound, um, she looked at me and she said, you know what, uh, it's really not that bad. That's what she said to me, right? And so I've been going on for about a year with this, and also there's some sim- uh, some symptoms, like for example, with carpal tunnel, I'm reading, and even the doctors I've spoke to said that it really doesn't affect the fourth and the fifth finger. It affects the thumb and the like the end and the, and the two first fingers, the numbness. That's what I have. Mm-hmm. Now I have it in all four fingers, so it's not just I have it in my uh, uh, pinky finger as well, which they say from reading that you know carpal tunnel should not affect those two fingers. Now what's happening is the last couple of months, my uh, index finger and my thumb are beginning to stiffen up. And the area between, you know, the area on the hand between the index finger and the thumb. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to a neurologist, uh, and um, he's telling me basically, well, it may be a little bit of arthritis. Okay. So I'm getting maybes and maybes and possiblys. And to be honest with you, I am getting so frustrated because no one can tell me so, what it is or what it could be or what so, I So, Rick, do. because we're running out of time and I yeah, want to try to help you out, yeah. what is your question? What, or, sorry, what have you done for treatment? Well, I haven't done anything. Well, that, so th- then that's, yeah. that's the problem, right? The mechanical problems, and, and because we're running out of time, we don't have yeah. a lot of time. The carpal tunnel is something that's overdiagnosed. It's a tunnel where a nerve goes through repetitive strain, sprain. If, if you keep your hand in full flexion, you'll get numbness in your fingers. That doesn't mean you have carpal tunnel syndrome. It means you're putting pressure on a nerve no different than when you sit cross-legged and your sciatic nerve falls asleep. There's also the tunnel of Guyane, which is the ulnar nerve that passes through there. And if we do it long enough, we'll get numbness in all our fingers. But if you have a mechanical problem, it requires a mechanical intervention. Come see me. Let's assess that and likely get you some treatment. If you don't do treatment, you can't expect to get better. Rick, appreciate that call. Please, uh, yeah, reach out one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U info at paincarecanada.com. We'll catch you next weekend right here, Doctor Pain Show Global News Radio.